Well, we are, uh, we are here today continuing our series in God's, uh, God's Big Idea, and, um, and I'm excited for, for this series. I'm excited for what the Lord is, is doing uh, in this, and I want to encourage you, how many of you completed week two of the High Five Challenge? Okay, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's going to continue to get more difficult Okay, so the challenge is still on. It's week three. Okay, do not give up. If you are one of those people that say, man, I didn't know what the high five challenge was, or man, I missed it this week, or I, I did some of it and I didn't do all of it. I want to encourage you that you can start afresh tomorrow. Okay, we can start again. The high five challenge is simply this. We're going to take these five weeks. We're going to take five days out of the five weeks. We're going to take the five chapters in 1 John and spend five minutes reading them. A real easy, simple challenge. This is about consistency and faithfulness. Can you continue to do this? Okay, so this coming week, let's continue in 1 John. Have you been receiving some rich things as you've read the word? I know I have some insights, some things that I didn't see before when, when you're reading. So I want to I encourage you to continue uh, on, that, on that challenge. Today, the Lord has, um, the Lord has given Pastor Justin a word, and I'm excited to hear it. Would you guys welcome Pastor Justin Bashirs? Thank you so much. I decided to come from this side to kind of keep you on your toes guessing. That way you don't just get comfortable and complacent in this. I was thinking as uh, my brother was praying over me just a minute ago, how cool it would have been if my mic would have been on in that moment. You got to get in on that blessing. Then again, it was just for me. So, Good morning. Good morning. morning. We're continuing on in our series, God's Big Idea. So let's go ahead and stand and we'll read the word and we'll pray and we'll get into what God has for us this morning. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life that it gives, Lord God. I pray that your word would give life to our bones this morning, that it would penetrate deep into our hearts, and that you would show us how to walk out your word each and every day through the power of the Holy Ghost to the glory of Jesus Christ. We love you so much, and we thank you. It's in Christ, and we pray. Amen and amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Um, I love the book of First John. Absolutely love it. And, and here's one of the reasons why I love this book. There seems to be no linear thought to what John is talking about. If you've read the book over the last couple of weeks, he bounces around. He just makes these big loop-de-loops, right? And the reason I love it is because I'm an out loud processor. And this feels like, it, what would it have been if I wrote a Bible book? It's like, okay, listen, you guys need to know this. But there's something else I wanna talk about. But then there's this right here. But hang on, let's go back to what I said at the beginning of, of the chapter of the book. That's what it feels like to me. Um, I was telling Jess about this, and she said John was in his fields, definitely in his fields. He had some things he had to get off of his chest, um, but I love it. Um, And so, but even though you have to kind of circle through the book, there is definitely a theme that seems to emerge from this book, okay? And this theme calls us back to the basics of the Christian walk, okay? Um, The first element of the theme that we're going to look at today is true doctrine, understanding God's character and his nature. John reveals God's nature over and over and over throughout this book. 
The second thing he addresses uh, in in this loop-de-loop is obedient living, not continuing in sin. I believe that John mentions not continuing in sin in every single chapter of this book. And the third thing we want to look at this morning is the fervent devotion to the gospel, or in other words, overcoming our culture, overcoming the culture. But all of this can be filtered through the passage for for today, and to sum it up, I'm just going to say it just like this, don't just speak about it, be about it. What are we going to do with this word that we hear for 30 minutes on Sunday morning and apply it to Monday through Saturday as we walk this out together? Amen? I'm just going to, just so you know, I'll probably loop-de-loop around this thing right here just to give you a visual representation of the way this book was written, okay? Just notice that. So let's talk about who God is. We talked about true doctrine, understanding God's character and his nature. We've spent several weeks together learning about his nature, and in doing so, we're learning about ourselves. What is the first thing we learned about God's nature in this series? God is light. Praise the Lord. Somebody's listening. Okay, 1 John 5 through 9. I'm not going to make the same retreat mistake. Here we go. All right. <laughs> This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In him is no darkness at all. I love the way the word says walk in the light as he is in the light, okay? Because, let me give you an example. It doesn't, the word doesn't say stand in the light or lay down. You know like when you're trying to tan and you're outside and you're just, bad example. Um, (laughs) When you're walking in the light, when you're walking outside, the sun hits you in different places. Am I right? So if I'm walking towards the sun, it will shine here. And then if I'm turning away, the light is still shining on me, but it's revealing different things. And the things that are behind me that the light shines on are blind spots that we all have. Anybody not have any blind spots? Okay. But if I'm, if I'm just in this posture of standing here and the light doesn't shine in the places I can't see, then it's not revealed. Our cars now just got a new van to fit all the chickadees in there, all the little ducklings. We're like, just get in. They pile in, and I love it. And so I was driving it, and I said, honey, they got a thing on your car that when you try to get over, there's a little orange arrow on your mirror. And if it's, if it's lit up, that means somebody's over there. And if you turn the blinker on the car, be like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Right? Anybody got lane assist on their car? When's the last time you turned that lane assist on and you were just going to get up, you turned, put your blinker on, you were going to get over and your car went beep, 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 and you was like, oh, thank God I didn't do that. But if I do that to you, you're like, you can't judge me. Who was the last person yelling at their car about being judgmental for, for watching their blind spots? 
Anybody? You can't judge me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong here. You're like, oh God, that could have been bad. I, I avoided disaster. Are you hearing me? Right? When I walk in the light and you see something on my back, a big kick me sign, you're like, hey man, you got something on your back. Get off of me. You can't judge me. Right? But I love how gentle God is with it. Because when we walk in the light, obviously there's things that get revealed. Am I right? But God is so gentle, he doesn't just rip the covers off at one time. And now you're just left to deal with everything. Now, sir, sure, if you're stealing cars and you get saved, stop stealing cars. Like, like that's an immediate stop doing type thing, right? However, we're going to work through some of the insecurities you have the longer you walk. You're going to work through some of your, your, the things you were raised with. Maybe there's some substance abuse. But stop stealing cars, Okay. So when, when you walk in the light and things are revealed, there are some things that are immediate, and then there are some things that are a little more, more subtle and nuanced because they're deeper. But God is so gentle. He doesn't just rip the covers off like the first day of school and you're ready to go, and your mom expects you to be in jammies, and instead, you're in your brand new Kmart first day of school outfit, and you get a whooping because all your clothes are wrinkled for the first day of school. Anybody else get a wake-up whipping? Who's got a wake-up whipping in their life before? Just me? Just me? Couple of you back there? Slept? Yep, I got a wake-up whooping. Lots of wake-up whoopings. Found out what you did last night, but thank God that his mercy is new every morning. Am I right? But think about that. How would you feel if you walked? You would be, you would be mortified to walk in the light because everything's now revealed, and you know the things that are in your heart. Am I right? But God is gentle with us. Walking in, in, with him in the light creates transparency. Did you see the verse that said, when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another? Because I can't hide things out here. I can hide, I can hide in the wings, but when I get out here, you see it. I was this close to putting makeup on my lip this morning because I got a little cold sore. I've done it before for cosplay, but that's different. We're at the movies. But I seriously had this, I seriously had this thought this morning. I was like, I'll go in there, and I, I'm going to be on stage today. I'll get a little something to hide this, and this little blemish. But then I thought, no, you're talking about transparency this morning. <laughs> Full transparency. I want you to see this, because the only reason I get cold sores is because I get stressed out about stuff. And so now I want you to know, if you ever see me with a cold sore, it's a reminder to say, hey, bro, what's going on in your life? Because now I'm in the light, I can't hide it. You see it, everybody sees it. Everybody at home, you probably see it. Don't zoom in, do a pan out shot. You know, it's right. Like, you're not proud of the things that's going on when you come in and get exposed. But in the light creates transparency and you can't hide from him, but it creates fellowship with others. We don't wanna be fake friends, do we? Transparency is foundational for relationships. I'm going to say that again. Transparency is foundational for relationships. If at least if you have want to have any kind of depth in your relationship. And you're not meant to go to deep places with everybody. You don't have capacity for that. I would love to be friends with everybody that's in my friends list on Facebook, but the reality is I don't have the capacity to go to a deep level with everybody. And guess what? You were not meant to. Look at the life that Christ modeled. He had a, a band of misfits, but even among those misfits, there were a select few 
that he got really tight with, and then he even had a bestie that he was even tighter with. And you know it because he was the one that wrote the book telling everybody he was Jesus' bestie. <laughs> right? Like when you read, when you read the, the Torah and you know Moses wrote it, and he was like, Moses was like the most righteous guy on the planet. And you're like, dude, the Holy Ghost inspired it. It's got to be right. But this exposure, this exposure, this transparency is what lays the, the groundwork for 1 John 1, 9. Look from what 1 John 1, 9 says. <laughs> if we, if, this is an if-then statement. If we confess our sin, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to pose something to you today. There are things, there is sin that I commit that I have no clue I've committed. There are ways that I have wronged people or sins of attitude or of the heart that I have no clue that I have committed that, that according to the book completely separate me from God. Sin separates from God. Then there are things that I know I've done wrong. The Holy Ghost will convict me of it. And when I confess, God is faithful to say, I hear you. Thank you for being transparent with me. Not only am I going to forgive that, I'm going to clean up all this other stuff that you have no idea about. Yeah. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we confess, when we walk in transparency with the Lord. Confess to who? God and to other people. We kind of get this notion out of the way where we, we do something and we're like, I'll just confess to God, nobody else needs to know. That's not necessarily true. Those we are in relationship with, confess what you know, God will cover the things you don't. The second thing about God's nature we looked at was God is love, jeez. It was like last week, it's like one week. It's one week ago. Let me a little loop. Maybe if I'll just do this right here. <laughs> We're back to the beginning, okay? We had a powerful, I mean powerful, powerful object lesson last week with the stones. And one of the main things that, that the Lord impressed on my spirit is we will not condemn the world into the kingdom. We will not condemn the world into the kingdom. But I want you to look at how Jesus handled this situation uh, in John chapter 8. You can turn there if you want to. You don't have to. I may have sent this to them. I don't know if it comes up. But if not, you know the story, right? Pastor Kevin laid it out for us. The woman is caught, into she's caught in adultery. And the whole thing was messed up from the beginning. Because if you look at according to the Mosaic law, the man and the woman were both supposed to be stoned. But they only brought the girl out there because it was never about her sin. It was about them catching Jesus in a trap. It was never about the thing. They had ulterior motives. So they bring the woman out there, and they're going to stone her. And Jesus, the first thing he does is waits. Oh, God, if we could just get that one thing. Instead of just an instant response, just, just wait. I don't know if he wrote her name in the sand, but I know he was killing some time to hear from the Lord. And when he did, his response was beautiful. Hey, you can't condemn this lady. You're all, you're, all, you're all guilty too. But look at what he tells the woman. I love what he tells the woman. He waited to respond, and then he didn't condemn her. He forgave her, but he told her what she was doing was sin and set her free from it. He did not tell the lady, the woman, hey, 
you know what? It's really not a big deal, okay? He said, hey, this is sin. Stop doing it. You're set free from that. We just walked through a series where we realized we have been set free from the bondage of sin. John over and over and over and over says, hey, you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. Don't let sin reign in your life. You don't have to continue in sin. Jesus waited to respond. He did not condemn the woman and said, hey, don't live like that anymore. The next thing we see is obedient living. Once we've been set free and we're walking in the light as he is in the light, this is that progressive sanctification I'm talking about. Not ripping the covers off, but the, the longer you walk, the more the light hits you in different spots. And God says, hey, it's time to deal with this. It's time to deal with this. You're not stealing cars anymore, but you've got a bad attitude. You're talking to your wife some kind of way. You're, every time you see something you don't like in church, you're calling your buddy and you're telling them about it and then you go in and smile at the people you were just talking about last week. I ain't talking to nobody today. Me. <laughs> Once we're in the light, I just said, we're not going to condemn the world into the kingdom, right? But once you're in the kingdom, right, like Pastor Wayne mentioned a few weeks ago, once you're in the kingdom, now kingdom rules apply, okay? It's a whole different dynamic. It's a whole different dynamic here. We must love each other enough to call each other out at times. We must love each other enough to call each other out at times, but this is predicated on relationship. If you just, if all of you at once, some of you that are not my friends on Facebook, okay? If you, at least if you're a friend on Facebook, I'm like, you know what, I appreciate that, and I'll pray about it and consider it. But those that I'm in relationship with, right? James has permission to be like, hey, bro, what's going on here? because we're walking together. I've created transparency in my life because we're both walking in the light together. When we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And we know that once I'm out here in the light, you can see it all. I can't hide it anymore. But there's also things in the light I can't see. The light will reveal things you cannot see. And I need somebody walking alongside me that says, hey man, there's somebody in that lane, don't get over. Nathan called out David after his Hall of Fame moment with Bathsheba, right? Full on premeditated murder, it was a whole hot mess. And we read that with such judgment when we read that story in 2 Samuel, we're like, golly, this guy just really just, just blew through all the roadblocks. Anybody else just, you see it coming, you're just blowing through all the roadblocks and you're like, hey, Probably ought not to do that. But then Nathan calls him out. He says, hey, man, let me give you a story. Gives him this little analogy about a guy that had a bunch of lambs and then a guy that only had one lamb. And then the king went and took the guy that had one lamb and he was furious. We ought to kill him, string him up. And Nathan was like, you're the guy. That was you. And, and David was like, you're right. That was me. That was me. But the whole time, none of his advisors, the guy he, he told, hey, man, send Uriah to the front lines. He knew he was helping facilitate murder, and nobody along the way decided to say anything to him and stop him. Hey, David, I don't want to go. That's somebody's wife. I don't need to go down there and get her. Nobody called it sin. Nobody called it sin. 
There's a difference. There's a difference between confronting and condemning. There's a major difference between confronting and condemning. If you saw me throwing my life away, even if you were Facebook friends or not, would you say something to me? If you saw me living an erratic life or doing things that were destroying our marriage, would you, would you say something to me? Especially those that I'm walking with and in relationship with and the, those that are people that you're walking with, I guarantee they would. They should, we should, but we always, always, always filter our message through love, sin or not, hard place or not. Speaking the truth is not permission to speak your mind and share how you feel about it. It's not, I'm not saying, hey, go tell, go tell uh, Philip what you think about his life or how he should be changing, right? Or tell Hal what he's doing wrong. If I'm in relationship with Hal, I say, Hal, explain to me what's going on here. Help me understand. Or, hey, brother, this, this looks like this is going on in your life. It's not permission to just speak your mind on a situation. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me and what I think. It's about helping a brother see things that he may or may not see. That he may or may not see. Oftentimes, like Kevin's story with his friend, it's about creating a space for someone to share and allow God to open them up, and that's a powerful thing, walking alongside of them. There, there comes a point in a relationship where you have said all the things, you've pointed all the things out, and they're bound and determined to just keep plugging along. I got a really good friend, and uh, I mean, I love this brother with all my heart, and I was like, I'll say things like, hey man, you probably shouldn't call that girl. He's like, I'm on the phone with her right now on the other line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, you probably, you probably shouldn't go to that restaurant. I just put in my order. And I'm like, and I'm like, so many areas of his life. I'm like, bro, don't do that. He's like, I just did it. And you're like, man, right? And I'm giving him all this advice and I'm pouring into him and I'm pouring into him. And I realize there comes a point where um, things get filtered through like mom speak and dad speak. You know how like your mom can tell you something and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then your friend will tell you that same exact thing, like word for word. And you're like, bro, that is so deep and real. And your mom is like, I've been telling you this, dummy. You know what I'm talking about? But you filter it through mom speak. You don't hear it anymore. Sometimes there's a point in a relationship where people just stop hearing what you're saying. And then think, and you have to, you have to utilize the wit, you have to utilize wisdom to know if you keep pressing into that, you're probably going to do more damage to the relationship. Once you've said, Hey man, don't do that. And they're like, man, I'm on the other line with you. You're like, okay, bro. You, sometimes you have to let people deal with the natural consequences of their actions. There were natural consequences in David's situation. There were natural consequences and it hurt. And it hurts to let somebody walk through something. But sometimes you have to let them walk through it. And I'm right here with you, bro. I'm right here with you. Why didn't you tell? I did tell you don't call that girl. You were on the other line with her. Right? But I'm still walking with you because I'm not going to be like, you know what? You're not listening to me anyways. Go out there. And when you get done, I told you so. We need to eliminate I told you so from our vocabulary as believers. Unless, unless you're under 18, you live in my house. And I'm like, I told you what was going to happen. <laughs> if you still got kids at home, keep it. If you're grown, all your kids are grown, throw it out the window. 
Because I told you so. It's just about pride anyway. It's about you being right. I told you what was going to happen to that. The Bible told them, and we haven't been listening for two, more than 2,000 years, but 2,000 since Christ. Combating the culture. Our culture here in America is off the chain. It is wild right now, okay? We are living in what I like to refer to as the age of offense. It's the age of offense. I don't know if you can put that on like a timeline or a calendar or transceiving a thing, but this is the age of offense. Everybody's offended about everything. We, we are hearing diversity, diversity, diversity everywhere except for diversity of thought. Everything's got to be diversity, but you can't think differently. You got to think the way we're telling you to think. Because if you don't, then you're intolerant. You're intolerant. I am now, Justin is now responsible somehow for everybody's feelings. <laughs> and those feelings must be taken into account at all times. No matter what you say and what you do, I'm now responsible for the way you feel. That makes me feel some kind of way. Guess what? You are responsible for your own feelings. Now, you can be harsh with the way you say things. I'm not precluding that. We know that Justin's mouth has gotten him. I did a whole series on words. Whole series. It's the most humbling thing. Because I, I was like, show hands. Who has been offended by something I've said? That was, that was a tough moment in my life, looking at all, all the sea of hands. It was like a gospel evangelism message. I was like, who needs Jesus? But, it, it, but instead of that, it was more like, how many people I feel, hurt their feelings? And it was like, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. It was terrible, but I had to do it, right? It was something God was asking me to do. But, even, but, but that aside, now somehow I'm responsible for everybody's feelings. Somehow. We live in an age of social media where what we see and present isn't even true or reality. There are people that are getting plastic surgery to make their face look like a filter that's on an app. Seriously. It's not real. We refuse to call things sin anymore. And because that word is offensive. Sin is offensive. It offends me. We would rather say struggle or issue or any number of words that justify it. And this is exactly what John was warning us about. I was reading in my devotional this week, me and the guys in pursuit, we do an online Devo, and the author pointed out the old adage, birds of a feather. Birds of a feather, we heard that birds of a feather flock together. Um, I don't know how true that is, because I just see birds by themselves all the time. I never see, <laughs> I never see like a group, I take that back, I do see flocks, but the ones in my yard, they're all just like, it's like random birds, you know? But it's a thing, it's a thing because the flocks that do their thing, those are all the same type of bird, right? But he pointed out birds of feather, like people that steal cars probably hang out with other people that steal cars, right? Uh, people that drink and, and do drugs probably hang out with other people. Like I know people, I'm like right now, I'm like, you got nothing in common right now. I look at y'all, y'all have no, you shouldn't even be hanging out except for y'all both smoke pot together. I'm serious, like those things, will, there's a common bond that brings them together. People that, cur people that gossip, if, if everybody you gossip to keeps shutting it down, you're going to either stop gossiping or you're going to find new friends that will listen to your gossip. I ain't maybe just going <laughs> to. 
But we circle ourselves, here's what we do, we circle ourselves with our likeness, so what starts out as, hey, this is wrong, eventually becomes everybody does it. This delusion creates a new reality where sin is no longer sin, we pick up weeds and we call them vegetables. But John reveals to us what's in the culture, 1 John 2 and 15, look at this, what he says. (laughs) Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Oh, I put the wrong verse. Okay, so, um, (laughs) look, that's just the first part of the verse. It's 2 and 16, but luckily I got it right here in my Bible because I have my Bible. 1 John 2 and 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. He says, all that's here is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But this isn't new. It's been here from the beginning. Look at Genesis, third chapter of Genesis. What happened with Eve? It says in Genesis chapter 3, I gave the right verse. So when the woman saw, look at this, look at this. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. It looked good to her eyes, it was going to be good for her body, and it was going to be good for her mind. It was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all there wrapped up in that one moment. It's been there since the beginning. This is nothing new, but we deceive ourselves by creating this false reality by justifying sin in our lives. Slowly but surely, we move from walking in the light to the shadows on the edge, and then finally in the darkness. But it all circles, circles back to transparency and walking in the light, having fellowship with one another, having somebody that says, hey man, you're talking the talk, you're not walking the walk, and I'm here to walk it with you. It's tough when you're out here on Front Street, but once we're in the kingdom, God is not out here exposing things in our life just to show us how bad we are. We know that we're sinful people. We know that we cannot stand in the presence of a holy God without the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sin. We know that. Even people that, have, that don't believe in God or believe in Jesus, deep down we know something is not right. Something is missing here. If we're really being honest with ourselves. Transparency and walking in the light and having fellowship with one another. But just how people that steal cars and people that tell lies and, and that hang out with one another, that birds of a feather, it also applies to people that pray. You get around somebody that prays and somebody else that prays and somebody else that prays. When I call Doug, I'm like, hey, bro, this is what's going on. He's like, let's pray about it right now. Let's pray about it right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, hang on, let me pull over. Talk to my wife about something. She's like, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Worshippers hang out with other worshipers. I come in the house. I'll come in the house from work, be frustrated. Boom, kick the door open. That's not really what it looks like. But I (laughs) gently open the door. (laughs) And there's worship music playing. And I can't tell you the vibe when I walk in the house. And even if I don't see anybody and there's worship on the TV, 
man, it's a whole different atmosphere. And when you hang out with worshipers, man, you become a worshiper. Or you run and slink back to the darkness. When you get around people that start just, just confess when they screw up, when you get a text and somebody's like, man, I, this is sin. I did wrong. I said this to my wife. Hey, I acted out this way. Pray for me. I already told God I wanted to be real and tell you what's going on. Hey, brother, get back up, man. We got a wedding to go to, man. Stop playing in the mud. Come on. Because we're all going to a wedding. Prayer, worshipers, confessors of the wrong. Walking in the light does not mean we will not stumble, but it does mean we stop trying to hide it and we embrace truth and action. Stop trying to hide it, man. I don't want to be a fake friend. Act like I got it all together. I want you to see that fever blister right there. And it reminds you that I, that I need your prayer. Sometimes I'm stressed out about stuff. We all got stuff to stress about. I pray that we never get to the point that we're so comfortable with our sin that we need someone like Nathan to point it out. I pray we don't get to that place where I need, that I don't even know sin is going on in my life. And I need James to point it out. I pray I never get to that place. But knowing that we will indeed sin, I have good news for you. The Holy Spirit is our Nathan and counseling us daily on what we should and should not be doing. And when we align ourselves with him, I don't have to worry about slinking back into the shadows. You ready? I, um... You ever do something and then you realize afterwards you probably shouldn't have done that? <laughs> this whole sermon has been like me telling you things I should not have done, right? <laughs> I did that. I probably shouldn't have done that, right? So I realize now that I don't need to do uh, certain exercises. One of those is barbell squats. If you don't know what a barbell squat is, it's where you take this cold metal bar and you put it on a rack and then you add a whole bunch of heavy weights on the side. And then you put it at the top of your spine. <laughs> and then you do all like this. It's a great movement, right? Build strong legs. I don't know what it does, right? I'm, I'm 39. I'm like, I don't need this in my life, right? So I realized that after I'd done it, <laughs> I was like, man, you're, what are you doing? You're not a bodybuilder. Why, what are you doing in your life? Because it hurt my back. I don't know why I thought that would be different. Sometimes we do things. Are you hearing me? We do things knowing this is probably a bad idea, and we do them anyway, and then we're surprised when we're walking around hurt. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. So I, so I made a poor decision that morning. And man, it hurt. But it didn't hurt like a muscle. It hurt like deep in my spine, right? To where I was having to walk a little bit different. And so I was putting pressure on my knee. So I'm, I'm walking around the shop and I'm, I got this leg full. Because I was uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? It hurt a little bit. So I went to, I walked around like that for two weeks. I was waking up stiff, I'm moaning. It's like, this is what it feels like to be 40. <laughs> I'm only 39, it was just terrible. So I'm waking up uh, stiff and I'm complaining to my wife and I'm just eating ibuprofen. Like, I'm like, golly, there's gotta be something better than this. So I go to the chiropractor that we go to and I was telling him about it and he was like, okay, so here's what's going on, man. You're out of alignment. Your body's not aligned right. You're not in line with the way God designed you, okay? 
So he's pulling on my neck and jerking on my leg and I'm laying in weird positions and he's adjusting my hips and, and it hurt. I'm like, God, stop pulling on me like that. Stop. And I felt, I felt awkward because like he's adjusting me and it's like the waiting room and like everybody can see in there, you know? And it's awkward because I'm twisted up and he's pressing on me. And sometimes it's uncomfortable when you have to get back into alignment because other people are looking at you. But what's more important, somebody looking at what's going on in my life or getting back into alignment with the Word of God? Which is more important? And sometimes I will admit I'm more worried about what you're going to say if I stand out here in the light than actually standing out here and letting God deal with it and being real about it, walking out the Word. So he gave me all the adjustment and I walked out. By the end of the day, I felt completely healed. But then I noticed my knee was hurting, right? Because I was not in alignment, I was compensating in areas I was never supposed to. And I was doing damage to things that was otherwise healthy. There was nothing wrong with my knee, but because I was out of alignment, because, because this was supposed to be in line, I'm supposed to be walking right behind him in the light. Because I got out of alignment, other things were affected. So when I realized what was going on, I was like, God, please heal my knee too. I need, I need all of this. But it was a powerful lesson. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, man, hey, just stay in line with me. That means you got to confess things that make you uncomfortable. Confess it. If that means you stop spazzing out when somebody in relationship with you points out a blind spot. Stop getting bent out of shape. They're not condemning you. They're confronting you because they want to see you whole. They want to see you in line with the Lord, walking in the light as he is in the light. And God is gracious that he don't just pull the covers back on us. You know, and we've all done it. We all do it from time to time. So we're going to worship this morning. Um, if you need prayer, I'm going to have some elders come down here and pray with you guys. But I want you to be encouraged. When we walk in the light, God, God brings people in relationship with us. Look at the people God's brought into your life. Look at the people he's allowing you the opportunity to be transparent with. And I pray that we never get to the point that we have to have those Nathan moments in our life, that we can listen and stay aligned with the Holy Spirit and walk step by step with him. If you don't need prayer, we're gonna worship this morning. So stand with us.